and welcome back to European Stories from Union of Volunteers. This week we have a very special episode because it's our first anniversary and today we don't have any special guests. We have your two hosts and we'll be interviewing each other. Um, hope you like it. So it's me, Jose and Paula. Hi, hi. Yeah, so let's get it on going. We've talked about it a little bit in our first episodes and when we talked to some of our guests. But what did you do in your ESE project and where did you do it, Paula? So it was already now three years ago already, such a long time. And I did it in Hungary in a very small village called Nordjivaj. And actually, we also had a volunteer, Eva. She's doing it right now. She's from Estonia. And your dear listeners, you can check it out. Just go back to our previous episode and you will find her as well. And I was working in two primary schools and a youth center as a, like a German assistant teacher. Ah, <laughs> that nice. was it, I think, all about. And what about you? When and where did you do your ESC? Okay, so yeah, for me, I did it in a small town. Uh, it's actually, well, it's a city. It has a denomination of a city in the Italian standards in Italy called Soma Lombardo. Has 17,000 uh, inhabitants, a lot of migrants, which is very good, um, given that I am one. <laughs> and um, I worked at this um, uh, NGO on an in international cooperation project. So we had projects in Africa, mostly in Zambia, where we supported like the kids to go to school and build like new classrooms and. Uh, toilets and all that and then we also had uh, projects in Italy the ones that I participated uh, physically and not in distance and those were very diverse so I we had a fundraising campaign then we also had projects in the schools related to diversity and uh, co integration um, so yeah it was a lot of different things in Italy And um, maybe now we can go to the funny stuff. Uh, the moment when we arrived, uh, I guess we both took the flight. And what was your first thought, Paula, when you arrived in uh, Hungary, in this uh, town? Actually, uh, I like I was very aware of uh, not taking the plane. I took the train first uh, from my village in northern Germany to Budapest and I always see the picture in front of me because I have a photo that I took on the Budapest in the train station and it was the very first photo um, yeah, of my year in Hungary so I, I like to put it uh, always somewhere when people ask me about my first impression. Then I arrived in Budapest and I had the luck that I was picked up by another volunteer who was already living there and then our journey to uh, the small village began. It's not so far away from Budapest but I think three or four hours and then I don't know we had some problems with other volunteers then we needed to stay I don't know like some hours in Budapest so we had the luck actually to catch the last uh, bus to Nordjivajon and then I I don't know we arrived in the night at one or yeah one o'clock in the morning I think something so I was very tired that was my first impression of the village at least <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I think uh, that's it's about the the organization uh, the yeah the chief was very nice she like she said yes okay go to sleep and we we will meet tomorrow so that was very nice it was a very long journey but yeah no problems occurred on the way and what about you how was your first impression yeah for me it was uh, slightly different because when i arrived um 
I was actually not sure where I was going to stay, more or less. <laughs> so I was picked up by, I arrived at the night and I was picked up by the, the coordinator, uh, not for my NGO, but for the coordinating association that coordinated the project. And I stayed in Milan for two nights, I think, in some volunteer's house. And the first thing that I thought was, first I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Milan is my where my heart lives and uh, it's my my city and second it really felt like it was a new beginning because it had felt like nothing that I had uh, it felt so, such a different it was such a different time in my life and going back to the same place but not in Erasmus now it kind of changed and I I got to see Milan from a different perspective so that was my first thought when I arrived in Milan then my first thought when I left Milan, I was leaving with the, I maybe I'm already answering the next question, but I was leaving with the, um, for two weeks with the, the family of the director of the NGO because the house was still not available for me to stay there in Soma Lombardo. So I was staying in the south of Milan in the provi province of Pavia in the middle of nowhere, literally. A lot of mosquitoes, extremely warm, very bad in summer. But a lot of call me by your name vibes. It, like the movie is a really good depiction of the countryside in Lombardy in summer. So and when I arrived, I was like, OK, yeah, it, it, they, they kind of became uh, a little bit my own family. And I got to I don't know if this is a thought, but uh, I, I was experienced different things. And I was visiting a place or staying at a place where I would have never been to if it wasn't for that. And last thought, when I finally arrived in Soma Lombardo and we went to see the house because no one in the association had seen it. First thought was like there was a garage. We had a car and there was a garage and I was parking that. But the garage was so hard to, it was so narrow and small. And like you really need needed to know how to like the moves in the car and how to do it right. Because then it would just hit it in the wall every time. Um, so the first thing was, shit, I'm not going to make it. I'm, I can't park the car in this garage. I'll never be able to. And the second thought was, okay, this house is very old. And yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how I'm going to live here. But then I did. And it actually holds a special place in my heart still. So yeah, the three first yeah. <laughs> impressions. Sorry for the long No response. props, but were you the first volunteer in the organization? Because you said the, the house yes. was also in your ass. Okay, all right. Yeah, I was the first volunteer. So the, it, this was the first year of the project and mm -hmm. I was also the first volunteer to arrive. Ah, okay, so you also had to uh, find your place in a new like environment also for, for the organization. It yeah. was new. So a uh, lo lot of newness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but what about your accommodation then? Uh, how was it and uh, who did you live with? So yeah, I'm still very connected or I still have a very good picture of my accommodation in Hungary. I don't know, because I think we spent a lot of time there. And um, so it was like a house. We lived in the uh, ground floor and above us there was also living a, a woman from um, 
Peru, mm -hmm. I think. So also very crazy because in this 1,400 inhabitant uh, village, there was a woman from Peru. So it was very funny also for my Italian flatmate because somehow they could communicate, you know, Italian and Spanish are not far away. And sometimes she invited us and we invited her. That was very nice. But uh, I lived there in this ground floor together then with other volunteers. They changed a lot. I was already mentioned that I was living with Italian uh, flatmate, a girl for 10 months, I think. And the others, they were always changing, I think, uh, two months and then sometimes half a year. So like a lot of uh, movement in the flat and the flat was quite nice. It was old. Uh, the, my first impression of the flat was also, oh, it looks like a, a old Eastern museum <laughs> because uh, the things, yeah, they were quite old and very used because I think I was already also the fourth. German volunteers so the project is all, uh, already quite long and also the Hungarian organization they do it for quite a long time which is very good because they're experienced and so on um, but yeah very old and also the cupboards sometimes they were broken you know the dishes were mixed <laughs> all together <laughs> that's normal if you're using things it would be weird if uh, things would all be okay it means that they are not touched or used whatsoever and yeah like it was apart from this it was all good it um, all things worked except sometimes for the oven because you had to use it somehow with gas so you needed to um, ah. like open the gas bottle and then lightning a lightner and throw it into the oven and then yeah. the flame uh, appeared but yeah that was the only um exciting thing <laughs> yeah those type of ovens are kind of uh, hard to handle i mean i've i've only seen i've seen it some some in some houses in portugal but it really looks like uh, from i mean it is from the past century uh, as long yeah. as it works <laughs> no i don't think it's very efficient no. but yeah anyway and how was your oven and how was your accommodation actually our oven was okay uh, <laughs> okay i think it was okay um, mm -hmm. but the accommodation, as I said, was a little bit old, but we had, there was like, um, a house and we had two floors. The ground floor was the, the kitchen and the bathroom. And then there was like the entrance, the hall with like a spiral staircase that go to the upper floor. And that was where we had like, uh, where I slept and where we worked. And then there was another room where the other volunteer slept and there was like a private uh, toilet. The kitchen was kind of uh, every time that I showed to my friends where I was living, they always uh, commented that the kitchen looked like um, from a chalet, you know, in the mountains, because it was like all covered in wood. Um, but then like it was so old that in the beginning, it, like it smelled a lot of mold. So it wasn't so pleased that we had to to refresh the house. Um, uh, but, uh, in the end, I mean, we made it ours and yeah, we, we got to no, no big problems, I think. And regarding our work, would you want to tell us a specific experience, uh, of what you did in a volunteer and like one example of what you liked the most? Yeah. So I think, yeah, what I like the most about it, as I said, I was working in two primary schools for German and also sometimes for English lessons and in the youth center. And I think what I liked the most was, first of all, that I had many tasks to do and also the flexibility of the teachers because they said to me, okay, if you have an, any idea mm -hmm. or if you want to do something with the kids, then just tell us and you can do it if uh, if it's okay. Of course, like in the, in the first two months or something, I... Um, 
I, I saw, I first uh, looked how the teachers uh, did it yeah. because I didn't want to, now I'm here and now I want to change everything. Uh, but first like, um, yeah, observe a bit how they do it. But then um, I think in the end, that was pretty cool. That was maybe also like one of my highlights of the work that um, in one school, there was a theater theater group yeah. in German like it wasn't so high theater just for kids uh, to speak German out of the classroom and then in the end actually I wrote the theater play with uh, some piano music because I play the piano and then we also we had a, a theater play in the school for the parents and also for other uh, people who would like to see it and that was pretty cool to see the kids uh, play my theater role play and also play the piano that was pretty cool that's incredible yeah it was really nice and also i think the teacher they were quite happy because you know they have also a lot of other stuff also other subjects uh, to teach and so um i think they were really thankful for that so that's pretty cool <laughs> that's cool yeah, yeah. And then another thing in the youth center, because I was also working there, we had many, many projects, also like conferences with um, youth workers from Latin America and also other European countries. And yeah, like there were a lot of things to do, also the social media part. So um, yeah, I enjoyed it. That was very, a lot of things, a lot of variety. And I learned a lot because before I never managed a Facebook page, for example. So it was the beginning of what I'm doing now. And uh, what about you? Did you have some highlights or maybe also some problems um yeah i had problems and highlights for sure that's <laughs> that's a guarantee no but i will focus on the highlights um i really liked like if i would say in a word it's like the flexibility in what i did because as i mentioned like earlier i did a lot of different things and currently i went on different projects and different activities so there was always change during the year it's not that i did only one thing throughout the whole year so um, flexibility is the thing that I like the most in specific. One thing that I really, really enjoyed, I have this memory, like the first time that I went to the school, it was in February. I went to this school again, like in the middle of nowhere in the province of Pavia. And it was a primary school. And I think we, that day we, was, we were giving this, um, uh, telling the kids about this animal, the Okapi. For the listeners who don't know the okapi, the okapi is an animal that looks like a zebra, a giraffe, and like a, a wild horse or something. It's a mix of the three. We were using it as, um, because there's this tale about the okapi that tells the story of the okapi trying to find himself and his identity because it's nothing and everything at the same time. So basically it's about like diversity and being your true self. And I remember that, I mean, telling this story, I was so... So deeply touched by it. And the kids were also so happy. And some of the kids, they already knew the Okapi because this project had been uh, on for like one year before already. So the older kids, they already knew, but like the youngest, it was all new and they all, all enjoyed. And there were these two twins that they were the cutest kids. And they were so excited about the Okapi and all that. So yeah, that's that's one of the highlights. Actually, the highlight of this, as it was the first time we were at that school, none of us knew where the entrance was, and all the doors were closed, and everyone was in the in the room and like the classrooms. And me and uh, Nicole, which was um, our coordinator in the association, we were just exploring, like trying to see where we got in. And first, we went to the right entrance, but. No one was there. No one saw us. And it was next to the gym. And we're like, ah, maybe it's not it. Let's go to the back. So we went to the back. <laughs> 
And um, I just kind of jumped on the fence to go to to where the the other door in the back of the building of the school was, hoping that ah maybe this door is open. Of course, it wasn't open. Uh, but this woman, like there was uh, some professors that uh, saw us through the corridor. So um, yeah. she came and she opened the door and she was like, ah, the copy has arrived <laughs> because she saw me and she like immediately like her first reflex was like, you are, <laughs> I am the copy. So it, it has become kind of a joke between me and Nicole because lo copy arrivato ended up being like uh, one of the best sentences from that project and also after all the um, after all these meetings i would always i would go back like with my heart filled with the love and joy and i would just say to nicole and i'll tell her ah kids are life <laughs> they give you so much energy True that. yeah True that. so that's one thing that yeah, i really yeah. enjoyed <laughs> all right let's i think we can skip the bad parts uh, there were bad parts for the listeners. Oh, anniversary! Yeah. <laughs> but since we're it's a celebratory episode, um, we can skip that, and maybe we can go to the memories segment. <laughs> we are itinerant friends, and our friends ask us uh, to share a crazy story about our experience. What would you tell them mm -hmm. about yours? All right. So, like my stories, I mean, I have some crazy travel stories, but uh, today I would rather like to focus on like not so crazy story, but then really heartwarming uh, stories about hospitality in Hungary. Because yeah, you know, when you're 18 years old in another country, in a foreign country, you don't speak the language, uh, your family is far away, and um, it really feels good if you have some friends and people who care about you. And during my year, I really try to somehow connect with the local people because people uh, who did an ESC, they know that sometimes it's a bit hard to connect with the local people because they don't speak the language and then you rather stay in the circle of your um, volunteering friends. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, where to start? So I, I participated in a youth wind orchestra. So I played the tuba and they were searching for a tuba. <laughs> so uh, I participated there. And then in June or something, um, yeah, we made a concert trip to Bulgaria. That was really awesome. And uh, I was also part of it. So that I think it was one week and they took me with them. And it was first of all crazy when I sat in the bus and we uh, were about to start to Bulgaria. I was thinking, wow, I don't know the language. I mean, I knew it somehow, but I didn't understand so much. I don't know the language. I just know what is on the sheet music. So I just know how to play the tuba and uh, know what the director is doing there. What the hell is going on? And I'm going Going to Bulgaria now. <laughs> so that was the first thought. And but they were so nice. Like there was a girl and also the yeah, the organizer, she knew a bit German, so the important stuff she explained to me in German. But then in the end of this uh, orchestra trip, then then there was the point where I really switched to into talking Hungarian because before I just listened and say yes, no, hmm, maybe, <laughs> but I was a bit shy to speak. But that was really the the turning point when I started uh, to speak Hungarian. And I remember like one evening when we sat there, like in the hostel where we were staying, and the kids were asking me about yeah, what do German people think about Hungary? And that was like really crazy because I think there was there was a 10 year old boy and she was 
uh, he was asking me about uh, the politics and, you know, Hungarian and politics. It's a bit difficult at the moment. And then I was <laughs> trying to explain in my Hungarian what people think in Germany about Hungary. And it was really touching because, yeah, I don't know. And tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was thinking, yeah, okay, the politics is maybe not so good at the moment, but like the people are the same and uh, music connects us all. And it was so nice, this experience. Mm -hmm. And then I had another uh, experience because I was also singing in a choir in a Hungarian choir. <laughs> so, how many instruments do you play? Well, tuba, piano, five, you sing, uh, guitar, ukulele. <laughs> Not so much, maybe. Yeah. Still to learn some. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are. I mean, the instruments are never ending. I think. Yes, yes, it's a good way to keep busy, also in lockdown times and so on. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Um, the choir in Hungary. It was also really nice because we went to like a summer camp uh, in the other part of Hungary, and there were so many. East German tourists, because I don't know, maybe, you know, in the past uh, when Germany was divided, the um, people who lived in the East part, they used to uh, go to Hungary and Poland and Czech, Czech Republic uh, for the holidays. So still like the old people, they like to go to Hungary and uh, chill there at the Lake Balaton and the other um, baths. And it was so crazy because like I was part of an Hungarian choir group and listened to the people speaking German. I really like had some <laughs> identity crisis because was like, hmm. <laughs> but in the end it was really nice and it, feel, it felt so good uh, like to be part of this Hungarian youth choir and it was really cool but then we sang a concert also in this uh, bath in this swimming pool it was uh, super funny <laughs> oh, that's really cool and I really like that you, what you mentioned like oh I mean of course I don't think it's really an identity crisis but it's really interesting Because when you live abroad, like you usually hang out with people from the country. So you are the foreigner in a group of, in, in this, in your case, Hungarians. So it's weird to see that for the Germans that you saw, that they were seeing you as Hungarian, even though you're a German. So like you felt kind of, I mean, dislocated in a certain sense, but not really. It's just that you were located to another group and, uh, But it's, I think that's one really cool thing about uh, living abroad. It's when you meet someone from your own country, you feel like, ah, but they would never even know that I'm from that country, you know, because you're hanging out with Hungarians, Italians, Swedes, whatever. So it's really funny. And what is your crazy story from your volunteering experience? Ah, uh, my crazy story. Um, okay, so I would, I will tell a travel story. I'll try to put it quick. Yeah, so basically... I was traveling after the on-arrival training uh, that every volunteer has, like in the beginning of their uh, volunteering project. I decided, and some other volunteers, we decided to go on a trip around Naples and the Amalfi Coast and Capri and all the beautiful touristic places. And there was this day that we went to Capri and we stayed the day there. And we're taking the last boat to Naples and we were sleeping in Naples, but we hadn't booked anything. We only booked something at 5 p.m. and we were arriving at like 11 or something. So we booked it. It was the shittiest place we booked and we were like, okay, it's just to sleep. It's cheap. It's not so far away. Let's ignore all the rest. It, it really looked like the worst hostel ever. But we were like, and the reviews were bad. Everything was bad. But we were like, I, we need a place to sleep in. So we booked it. We arrived in Naples at 11, me and four girls, uh, two Russians, one Albanian and one French. And only me and the Albanian spoke Italian. There we were in the middle of the night in Naples from the port walking to the hostel. We arrived at the hostel. 
Um, and the woman, and we tried to, the woman opens the door downstairs and she, she says some gibberish that I don't really understand. Like, ah, but uh, do you have a reservation? And we're like, yes. And we went up. When we arrive upstairs, we just see this uh, man, like it, it must be the, the husband of this woman uh, with a Maradona shirt, like a gold color, very Napolitan. And then the woman appears really angry, like, but do you, do you have a reservation? You don't have a reservation. We don't have more beds. And we're like, what do you mean you don't have more beds? We just made a reservation. And it was possible, like me, I was like, okay, let's hear what she has to say. But my Albanian friend, she was like, okay, this is too suspicious. This woman is just trying to play us off. She knew that there was something wrong with the situation. And the woman was saying, ah, but showing us the computer, ah, but uh, the website allows you to book and, and I don't know what. And this is all a mess. Uh, I don't, but now you cannot sleep here. So we were left by the time it was already almost midnight in Naples without any place to sleep. Uh, and she was like calling uh, the hostel downstairs to see that well, if there was a bed. The hostel downstairs were also run by similar people. Um, and then she called the hostel across the street. And the hostel across the street was talking to her, but we didn't hear. And uh, then she said that they hung up. And she was like, ah, maybe you can do, go there. Maybe they have uh, some beds. And I mean, given that we don't, didn't have any place to sleep, we went there. We arrived there. And actually, funny thing, that was the same hostel I had stayed in the first time I had I have been to Naples. And it was such a good place. And we arrived there, me and my Albanian friends. And the other three, they stayed in the other hostel, the suspicious one. And they were drinking tea because they they were clueless about what's going on. I mean, we told them like, ah, we don't have a house, a bed, but we're trying to figure it out. And we arrived at the other hostel. And the first thing that the girl in the reception told us, you're coming from Ostello Bello or whatever. Um, and we're like, yes, but how do you know? And she's told us like, ah, this happens all the time. That basically they just overbook people to get the money and uh, because like if you don't report that you didn't sleep there you already paid so it was a really a mafia scheme that they were making to get money off, off of tourists but in and then this uh, other hostel they knew all about it and in the end they saved us they were ah in the end they called like 10 different hostels to, that they knew that were like kind to people our age and might have beds Eventually, we found one and we told, ah, maybe it's uh, better if we go pick our friends. And she was like, you left them there? <laughs> and I, at that moment, I was like, fuck, okay, let's text them, but let's not scare them. Um, uh, so, yeah, then they eventually came and we, we took a taxi. We were si five people. We took a taxi of five. In the, so we were six in total. Uh, we passed red lights, no, uh, no seatbelt, nothing. Eventually we arrived at the, the other hostel. We slept fine and we survived. But that was intense. Yeah. Okay. I hope uh, our, um, I hope our listeners have enjoyed our stories. And are you ready to check out now? Yes, I am. 
First question I would <laughs> ask you, what does solidarity mean to you? The the big question. The big question. I also listened to many, many, many response of our uh, podcast guests. <laughs> And by that, I always uh, also thought about it. What does solidarity actually mean to me? And I would go with this definition that uh, also, what also other guests, uh, they already told us that it's about like... Um, Maybe put your own interest behind the interest of the group. So if it's for the group, then maybe you should go for a compromise, although you're not the fan of it, uh, but you somehow can arrange with it. And I think that's uh, also really much needed in nowadays time <laughs> to yeah. uh, agree on a consensus. Like maybe sometimes you don't have to always uh, force your opinion, but maybe um For the sake of the group spirit, um, yeah, arrange your interests. Of course, like you should not um, deny them, but yeah, if, if it's for the consensus, then I think it's really important. <laughs> so I think yeah. that's uh, my today's definition of <laughs> solidarity. Perfect. <laughs> And what does solidarity mean to you? Uh, as you mentioned, we've listened to a lot of answers to this question. And I've I don't have, I mean, I have my own interpretation, but I would rather go with a different thing. I just typed on Google, what does solidarity mean? And I, get the I got the definition from Wikipedia, and there it is. <laughs> solidarity is awareness of shared interests, objectives, standards, and sympathies, creating a, a psychological sense of unity of groups or classes. It refers to the ties in a society that bind people together as one. So... I guess it tells all. I, I think solidarity is being one for the other and doing things together. What song would you pick to represent your volunteering year and why? So I think it's this song, it sticks to me for a very long time. And it was in the time uh, when I did my volunteer service, uh, service, my favorite song. And it's still like, uh, I like this song as a travel song as well. And it is on my way, but from the Brother Beer um, movie. I think it's from Phil Collins. He sings it. Yeah. And I like it a lot. It's like very upbeating and, you know, in yeah. a good mood. And you can listen on it on a train uh, very well. And um I like it a lot. <laughs> on your way. Yes. <laughs> you can listen to On My Way, On Your Way. Exactly. Yeah, no, that exactly. song is Disney. Like some Disney songs are, but is, is it Disney? No, I don't know. Whatever. Yes. I, I'm I, not I sure. Know, but Whatever. But yeah, some like of a, the mm -hmm. cartoon songs are just, uh, they really warm your heart. And what about you? What's your favorite song? I'm curious. Uh, I have, I, the, the song that I have to pick is, It's also a travel song, mm -hmm. but not only travel, it's called Bon Viaggio. And, and then in parentheses, there's Share the Love. And the way that I found out about this song, and I hope our European listeners or some of them know about this series because it is very, it was very big a few years ago. Uh, I found about this song via um, Scam, the Norwegian TV series, but then it got so popular and grew so big that people like other countries did their own versions of it. So there's the French one, the German one, the Belgian one, the Italian one. And on the Italian one, the on the second season, there's this scene when they are singing Bon Viaggio. And it is so warming. It's so beautiful. And since then, me and my friends, because we all watched Scam, 
um, we would all listen, always listen to this um, to this song. It, it's also very upbeat, and you want to travel and yeah, bon viaggio. That's that's my pick. I'll leave the if people haven't watched Scum, I will leave uh, some uh, link to the trailer or something, and we'll leave our songs. In the show notes. Yes, and I think uh, now we should come to an end because we are already <laughs> above our normal time. But it doesn't matter since oh, it's our God. anniversary. I think it's good to celebrate yeah. it. Uh, and this um, is a double interview. Perfect. Yeah, 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 true. It's two uh, persons at the same time. But yeah, that's our last episode of season number two. We will still have a special episode uh, to which you can look forward. Um, but yeah, it was our last episode, as I said, uh, for the season. You can also look forward to a new season uh, in autumn. For now, we will make a short or no, maybe a, a bit longer um, summer break. But yeah, for us to relax and also for you to relax, <laughs> then we can start with a new uh, mood into the autumn and into our, into our uh, third season. <laughs> Thanks a lot for listening, for stay tuned with our podcast. We appreciate it a lot uh, that you listen to our episodes. And also, again, thanks uh, for all the guests. <laughs> If you want to be part of this podcast, uh, then don't hesitate to contact us via Instagram, email, yeah. Facebook, or any other things where you can find us because we are always happy about new guests. Yeah, definitely. Just uh, feel free to get in touch. But for now, I think there's nothing more to say. Correct me. <laughs> no. Cue the jingle. And let's say goodbye. Ciao. Ciao. Hey, do. <laughs> Adios. Woo.